Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Celebrate Learning, the podcast, where we discuss brain tips for you as teachers, for you as moms, uh, for your students, for your children, for your classroom, for your house. And today's episode is a real treat. Meg Thompson came to talk about love and how love has to be present. Love over fear. You are up to a treat because she will give you all the tips and all the why and how and what to implement love in your classroom management. So let's dive in. Hey everyone, thanks for having me on. My name is Meg Thompson. I am a certified behavior consultant and life coach. So I hang out with the hard kids, the ones that throw chairs, swear, strip naked, pee on the floor. You know those kids? I know everybody has them. I hang out in schools, private schools and public schools, childcare centers, preschools, homes, and I help adults help kids be at their best. That's wonderful. And again, thank you for being here. How did your passion for all of this begin? Let's see, how did my passion for hanging out with the hard kids start? So I was a kindergarten teacher in a childcare setting for 10 years, and I realized that the hard kids for everybody else were not the hard kids for me. So I left teaching, I went back to um, get my master's and do work in behavior, and I found myself hanging out with the hard kids day after day after day. And when that happened, I realized that the strategies that I learned from others by experience in school, by education, by classes, were not actually the strategies that worked. And if they did work, I always ask at what cost. So they didn't work, or if they did, a child's emotional wellness was disrupted, and I didn't feel good about winning, right, I'm doing that in air quotes, winning a situation. I realized that we need to share power and choose love. I love that phrase, choosing love. Tell me more about it. So when I realized that choosing love is the way I was going to go, I knew that it was going to be a tough road. I knew it was going to be a tough road because in behavior, there's a lot of people who choose fear, yet I don't think they know that. But as I see it, right, when I see research and I read research on stuff like planned ignoring or sticker charts or any of that stuff, I see that no research proves that it works and, not or, and keeps a child's emotional wellness intact. So I had to really dig deep. I knew I had to have a loud voice and I knew I was going to take a lot of, a lot of slack for doing what I do, right? Sometimes in social media and all that stuff, I get in trouble for choosing love. People are commenting on things I post and they're like, nope, this works. And I was like, and and they get angry with me. And I think, wait, are you angry with me because I chose love? That is very silly. And it helps me get to be braver and louder and more and dig my heels in further with this choose love thing. So Right, I, I went back and did all my research and put together a lot of information that I'm going to share today. So, infants are born with two emotions, 
love, and fear. So when infants are born, they have two emotions of love and fear. And from that, right, comes the six pure emotions of happy, sad, mad, and afraid. And I thought, we're not, we're not choosing fear. Why would you choose fear? First of all, if you would not, right, this is something I say all the time. If you would not do it, the strategy, with a, an adult you love, why would you do it with a child you love? If you wouldn't do it with a loved adult, why would you do it with a child you love? I have seen so many strategies that have been awful. And I thought, just because they're smaller and no less, and you think you have all the power, does not mean you're allowed to do that. You would not do that to a friend. You would not do that to another adult. We do not do it to children. So I knew I had to have this really strong voice in this. And choosing love um, is something I talk about all the time. And I refuse to get off that pedestal, right? To the point where I've gone to Staples before this whole quarantine thing and got to go in and photocopy all the research I have that proves uh, strategies based in fear do not work. And they do not keep a child's emotional wellness intact. I photo. I spent hundreds of dollars on photocopying packets and packets and packets. So when people fight me, I say, oh, I have, you know what? I have some research and I'm going to go get it in my car and I'm going to give it to you. I would love to talk to you further about this. I would love to, right, have an amicable debate on I choose love, you choose the other strategies. And let's talk about it. You gather your research where it does work and it does keep emotional wellness intact. Not and, not or, but and. And I will, and I'm giving you mine now so you can read mine and then we'll, I will come to you. I don't care where you live. I'll come to you and I will have, and I will buy you dinner. You could take me to the most expensive place and have all the drinks you want. I will come to you and I will pay for dinner. And you know how many packets I've given out? Oh, hundreds, hundreds of packets. I am constantly putting more in my car. Do you know how many meetings I've had? Zero, zero meetings. Why? Because there's no research on the other side. We read research on stuff like, right, I just posted something on planned ignoring. We read research and people will be like, it's statistically proven that planned ignoring works, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, great. Did they ask the children who the planned ignoring was done with? Did they ask the other children in the class what they thought of, of that poor child that the planned ignoring was happening with? Did anybody ask the kids how they feel? It can't all be data-driven. It has to be emotional wellness-driven. It has to be. 85% of our success in life is in people skills is in whether you can enter, maintain, and exit conversation and play and relationships and have them be empowering and trust be at the foundation. I don't care what the research shows for these fear-based strategies. It doesn't matter to me. It is never, ever, 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 ever going to change my mind to do things that do not feel right, right? We always talk about, as teachers and parents, we talk about gut feelings. My gut feeling is I'd feel terrible if I was having a hard time and lost it a little bit and, and, and I'm tantruming or, or I'm having a really strong emotion and you walk away and you ignore me. I'm, I, I can't even imagine doing that in my house. I can't even imagine my husband having a hard time and being like, whew, that emotion is too big for that problem and I'm out. Right? Kids have to co-regulate before they self-regulate. And if we're ignoring them, 
We're not doing the two things that we need to do to change fear to love. So fear-based strategies I'm going to talk about in a minute. But to change it to love, I always say 98% of the time a challenging behavior is a lack of skill or an unmet need. Okay, so if it's a lack of skill or an unmet need, as a teacher, we need to teach a skill and meet a need. If we are not going to do that, then we are no longer a teacher. A teacher is someone who teaches a skill and meets a need. And then we have to use our two best friends of time and patience. I was at a workshop one time and I asked somebody, I said, so if you decided you didn't want to teach a skill and meet a need because you didn't have time because of administration, because of politics, because the people in behavior in your school are telling you to do it differently, and you are not going to teach a skill and meet a need, and you are not going to use your two best friends of time and patience, you're no longer a teacher. What are you? I said, so you're, so you're not a teacher anymore. You're just a bigger human in charge of smaller humans or lesser humans. Know that I'm doing that in quotes. Lesser air quotes. Lesser humans in a building. Someone raised their hand and said, oh, that makes you a warden. Yeah, that is what... And when I see... Teachers use these strategies in fear. I think, oh, darn it. They didn't want to be a warden. They didn't get into this field to do that. So sometimes it's they don't know what they don't know. Sometimes it's the, the administration telling them to do it differently, which is really, 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 really hard because you have to follow that. They, they sign your paycheck. They, they keep you employed. So we have to figure out how we change fear to love. One of the ways, the only way, actually, is to teach a skill and meet a need. And then using our two best friends of time and patience. So what are these fear-based strategies I talk about? One of them is ignoring behavior. So I have um, talked about ignoring behavior all the time. Sometimes there are signs outside of classrooms that say we are practicing planned ignoring. Please do not interrupt. That makes my heart hurt. It makes me want to cry just thinking of those signs. But ignoring behavior, right, we ignore behavior because um, we were told that if we ignore behavior, it will extinguish. So I've been talking for about 10 minutes, and I bet you could see my sassiness and feistiness and my intensity. So think, so think for a moment, for me, if I was a kid and I was trying to do something or I, uh, to get your attention, or I had strong emotion, or I was unregulated, or I had a tough morning, and I just couldn't hold it together any longer. Would, it, would ignoring me make me, make my behavior extinguish? I can't, I can't, no. It would make, first of all, I'd get louder, because I thought, oh, maybe she didn't hear me. I think I'll um have to say that louder. Then I'm going to get higher, right? I'm going to stand on a chair or um, get in somebody's face or stand on my tiptoes or get on a table. Do you know how many classrooms I've walked into to naked kids peeing on a table? And I was like, I bet they tried ignoring. Like embarrassingly a lot of classrooms because they've gotten to the point where we're just going to ignore that and we're going to turn over here and we're going to have pretend conversation about something else. And this kid is struggling. So we have taken co-regulation away. They obviously can't self-regulate if they're in that state. So we have to be close. We have to co-regulate with them. Ignoring behavior doesn't do that. Choosing love does that. Do they know how their body feels and happy, sad, mad, and afraid if they're under the age of six? Do they know what strategies to use? Do they know how they show their anger or frustration or sadness? Right, kids? 
and humans, all humans, show it in three places, their hands, feet, and mouth. We can't take away them hitting something without replacing it with their hands because that is how they show anger. We can't replace when they kick with take a deep breath because they are showing it in their feet. So some of it is that we have to help them get to a different place by teaching them, what do I do when I have these strong emotions? Oh, the next one's my least favorite. Sticker charts or token boards or reward systems or marble jars. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take any of those. Sticker charts are so tricky because first of all, they don't translate to real life skills. The adult has all the power. I'm going to tell you whether you gained a sticker. And then if you get enough stickers, I'm going to tell you whether you get the prize. Please, 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 I'm begging you right now. Please stop rewarding with technology, which is bad for your brain, and food. Because all the food has sugar and dye in it. And that does not help a kid who is has intense anger or intense emotion. Just stop. That makes me so crazy. And, right, we don't, we don't need to be teaching, right, sugar's addicting, then there's, right, eating disorders, and all this stuff, and then we're making these kids externally motivated. I'm only going to clean my room if I get something. I'm only going to behave if I get something. I'm only going to act appropriate or have expected behavior because I get something. That's not how it works. We want kids to be internally motivated, right? We want them to have good character, but that's a teacher skill, meet a need sort of thing and using time and patience. And if sticker charts don't work, for some reason we think token boards are going to work. We're not earning anything. We're not, don't have kids earn things that are <clears throat> power oriented, meaning we are the only ones who make a choice. I did have, I have set up one sticker chart. It made me a little crazy with a 15 year old. She thought it would work. <clears throat> so I said, okay. I went into AC Moore and I got all the sticker, puffy stickers. She wanted to work for puffy stickers. And I was like, ah, I killed me. And I got to the classroom and, and, and we set up the whole system. And you know why it worked? Because I shared power with her. And I said, what do you think's going to help you? And she said, you know what I saw on TV once? I'm going to try this sticker chart thing. And I was uh, inside. I was like, oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Holy moly. I just can't. I just can't do that. But it was her idea, and I thought, if it's her idea, right, I'm not doing manipulation, which is a sticker chart. I'm doing participation. So I'm having her participate with me, and it worked. So she could calm enough to learn these new skills, so we could see the needs and then meet them, and then use time and patience. So we're, we're, we're not doing sticker charts. We're not doing token boards. We're not doing any reward things that, right, if you do a reward thing right now with the kid and you're thinking, oh, darn it, Meg's right. This does make me feel uncomfortable because I get it all the time. I Sticker charts don't work. They make me feel uncomfortable. Makes the kid feel uncomfortable. You know what? Then why are we doing them? The strategies to help a kid should not make a child feel uncomfortable. It should not make you feel uncomfortable. So how do we right, change to what we're doing right now, because it is also strange to just be like, no more sticker charts. So this is the conversation I had with a teacher. I had this conversation with a teacher that said, it was a, you do this, you get this. So it was a reward system. It's something that's done all the time. You do math and English, and then you get to take a walk. You do this and this and this. So I said, you know what? Take that apart. Take it off. It's all done. It's all done. 
just keep the Velcro train, right? It was all on a, like Velcroed, right? We like to laminate and Velcro and design things as teachers. I get it. with construction paper. So I said, keep that. Get the five things that he has to do during the day and five things that he'd like to do during the day. That part was actually hard for her. She had a hard time figuring out what five things would help, what that he would want. So she guessed like swings, take a walk, go outside. She guessed about five of them. And I said, and just have five things he has to do and five things that he'd like to do. And when he comes in tomorrow, this is what you're going to say. Hey, buddy, you know what? This kid, first of all, has never strung two days together that have been awesome. Ever. And they've had him for three or four years. And so my goal was, let's string three days together. And I said, so when he comes in the next day, this is what it's going to sound like. Hey, buddy, you know what? We've been doing this thing. And I can't believe I never thought of this. We were in charge of the whole thing. And you know what? That's not okay. You need to be in charge of some of this. It is your behavior and your success. And we want you to be part of this. So this is what we're going to do. These are the five things you have to do. These are the five things you want to do. Make it. Make your schedule. And he looked at her like, what? And I said, you probably want to give him some suggestions. Like, I wouldn't do all the things, all the fun things first, because you're going to think, oh, I got to do all the things I don't want to do. Or don't do all the hard things first, because, right, we have a, you already have a hard time with doing one or two without taking a break. So, so, so just think about it. So there were 16 days left to the end of the school year. I am so proud to say that he got all, he had 16 days in a row. Awesome. The teacher said on day seven, I got fired. Meaning I went in and I said to the kid, hey, how you doing? He, he put up his hand to say, stop, <laughs> which was so great. And he goes, I don't need you anymore. You can go help the other kids. She was like, what? Right. And she had this deep love for him. And she was like, well, what do you mean? Nope, I'm good. She's like, how, wh- why? Why are you good? He's like, I made my schedule. I own my schedule. I'm good. I love this schedule. It's working for me. Then I got a text on day 10. We had a little bit of a bump today. And I was like, well, yeah, this was only step one. I expected bumps. I didn't expect 10 days. I was only looking for three to see what other sort of things we had to change or add to or take away to make it better. And I said, what was the bump? And she said, well, he was having a hard time with math. So we went over to his schedule and he took math. He looks at me right in the eyes. He doesn't say anything. He took some, he takes math off and he took swings off. That was the next thing. And he switched them. So then swings came first and math came second. Instead of math coming first and swings coming second. Looked at me and winked. <laughs> and, and I shook my head yes. He took my hand and we went out and we swung. We went on the swings. I gave him a couple extra minutes on the swings. He went inside and he did math. I said, I don't know if that's a bump. I think that's a success. You trusted him to go back to math. He trusted you to know what he needed. You shared power. Awesome. Oh my gosh, so awesome. So we need to, if we're, if we're doing a reward system right now, the kids are in charge of whether they get the reward or not before you phase it out. That's really important. Um, we're also not doing any sort of clip-down systems. The ready-to-learn, good, great, outstanding. Ready-to-learn, warning, parent, uh, warning, teacher consequence, parent contact. Stop it. Everybody is looking for this whole class behavior management system. That is not the way behavior works. It's not a whole class thing. We're not doing any stoplights. That, if your strategy in fear or your strategy before you 
know it's in fear, right? A lot of people are doing things and they don't realize. Um, and your strategy is in fear. And the outcome is guilt, shame, or embarrassment. You're not allowed to use it anymore. It's off the table. It's done. It should not be shame, guilt, and embarrassment. Though all of those clip-down systems, star stoplight systems are all shame, guilt, and embarrassment, and we need to stop. We need to take those down. And, and I go into schools because I'm sassy and feisty and intense. I go into those schools and I take them down and I fold them up and I put them on the teacher's desk and I say, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Because, first of all, it sets up competition in class. Kids start to play with only the blue, yellow, and, no, blue, green, and purple kids, but not the orange, yellow, and red kids. So right now you're dividing it. The kid you probably made it for is the one that's always on parent contact. And how dare we bring unconditional love into this? You're having a moment. I'm refusing to teach a skill and meet a need. I'm just going to clip your, I'm going to have you clip down. Now I've called your parents. First of all, you can't undo that. So it doesn't matter what the kid does. They're never going to get up to outstanding in the day. And if they did, they're still getting in trouble for what you first contacted the parents about. So keep parents out of this, meaning we're not having a parent contact, right? We do have to talk to parents about how to help their kids further, but not in a fear-based way. So we are not going to have kids clip down. And some kids, you ask them to clip down, they do not care. And there are some kids, right, my son goes to a project-based outdoor school, does not go to public school, because I know that in my, in my um, district where my son would go to public school, there is these fear-based systems. First of all, no public school teacher wants me as a parent, because I would be, if you use those systems, I would be on you, and I would show you research, and I'd have lots of meetings, and you would probably not want me to be a parent in the classroom. Um, because I, I choose love all the time, and I can't, I can't handle these systems. I... Imagine doing that for an adult, clipping them down. Imagine we did it. There, there's a Facebook post once that said, I had an uh, adult workshop today and I used the clip down system. And all the, the, I had people crying at the end of the workshop. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Some kids are really anxious about it. My son would never get clipped down because he's a, he's a pretty good kid. He wouldn't get clipped down if he did. He would be mortified. If he, if his friend did, he would be so sad it would ruin his day because his, his friend got clipped down. We're not taking away, we're not doing timeouts. I hope we're not doing timeouts. And you know what? People are like, oh my gosh, but no, we don't do timeouts. Oh yeah, they're called fun things. The hokey pokey room where you go to turn yourself around. The peace table and the planning room and the friendship stump and the reflection chair. All that's timeout. Remember, timeout means that a child can self-regulate. If a child could self-regulate, they wouldn't be in that situation. So we need to co-regulate, right? It's taking a break, which means I'm, I'm here for you. We're going to process this, and I'm going to give you time to learn from your mistakes. We're not taking away recess. Cut it out. I, I, that, I feel like that's 1985, and we're, we're like 25 years, 35 years past that stop right now. No, no, we're not taking away recess. If you have a kid who moves too much and you take away recess, your afternoon's going to be awful. And I promise you that the strategy is to give them more recess. Like, whoa, you got a lot of wiggle worms, bud. Maybe we should stay out for 10 more minutes. I bet that's going to help. Not taking away recess, especially when they have to stand on the wall and watch the other kids play. Awful. So shaming. Um, 
And we're not taking away preferred activities. There's a lot of parents and teachers um, that try to think, what could I get? What, what's the, what could I get this kid? Take away from this kid to really, really, really get him. Nope, that, that can't be a thing. You can't, that's not where your energy needs to be. Your energy can't be, what can I take away from this kid to really get him? So where do I find these love-based strategies? So people always want me when I take away these fear-based strategies, right? They're fun, fast, and easy. And so I take away these fear-based strategies and they're like, now what do I do? Well, close the tab of Pinterest because the love-based strategies are not in Pinterest. We are trying to replace a clip-down system or sticker chart with something else we could find on Pinterest and make and do. It's, that's, that's not where love comes in. Where do I find my strategies? The first place to find them is in your own toolbox. Who are you? Who are you as a teacher? Who are you as a person? What's your temperament and personality? Do you love people? Do you use humor? Do you love academics? Like, who are you? You have to do a lot of self-reflection if you're going to choose love. Who is this child? Is there trauma in the background? What kind of family do they come from? What's their temperament? Does it match my temperament or not match my temperament? Because if it, right, the hardest kids are usually the ones that don't match your temperament. Then when we know who we are and we know who the kid is, we enter relationships. Relationships are the best strategy for kids with challenging behaviors. The best. If the kids are young, like under the age of high school age, it is our job to adjust to the kids and teach skills and meet needs as we go. So by the time they get to late middle school, early high school, they can start adjusting to us. We can't expect a three-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old to do that. About maybe 12 or 13, they can figure this out. So my son is seven. He can do it. I've worked really hard with him. Socially, emotionally, he's like an adult. The things that come out of his mouth, I was like, yeah, dude, you are exactly right about that. Then we look at environments. We look at the philosophical piece of the environment, the physical piece of the environment, the interpersonal piece of the environment, and the programmatic piece of the environment. That programmatic piece leads us to differentiation of instruction. What sort of stuff are we teaching the kids? Are we doing project-based learning where they got to pick their projects? Are we doing themes? Are we doing apples in September, right? In preschool or childcare where maybe kids don't care about apples in September. Maybe they care about dinosaurs, but we're not talking about dinosaurs. We're talking about apples. So you're going to have a lot of bored kids. You're going to have a lot of kids. What if they're not visual and auditory? What if they're bodily kinesthetic and they need to move to learn, right? The more you move, the more you learn. Those are connected in your brain, yet we make kids sit still and pay attention. That is physiologically impossible. Then from differentiation of instruction, we go to discipline. Natural and logical consequences. Sometimes natural consequences are not safe. Like if you run across the street, you could get hit by a car. That one you can't find out naturally how that's going to turn out for you. So logical consequences need to be related, respectful, and reasonable the three R's. That is probably the thing I get the most questions on. What's the natural consequence for not eating dinner? Oh, that they're hungry. What's the natural consequence for hitting their brother? Oh, that their brother's going to be hurt, that their brother's going to be mad, but then you have to change the logical consequence. They have to make them feel better, which is how? 
Sometimes you ask the, par the, the brother, what can I do to make you feel better? That is what happens in my family. We don't say, sorry, my, my son uh, poked me today and it hurt. And I was like, how about that hurt? And he goes, sorry, mama. And I was like, that doesn't make me feel better. He's like, I said, sorry. I said, but you said it like laughing, like you thought it was funny. It really hurt. And he was like, mommy, what can I do to make you feel better? You know, that was like three years of teaching. And sometimes they said, you know, what's going to make me feel better about is I just need to go take a moment for myself. He does not like that strategy for me. He'll sit outside my room on the stairs. But that that's the truth, though. I just need time. Right? I put myself in timeout. I guess it's okay if you put yourself in timeout. I have a lot of parents, moms especially, who uh, text me or call me from the bathroom because uh, that's where they've gone to take a break. I have a lot of moms. I talked to a mom the other day when she, she was uh, in the bathtub talking to me taking a break with no uh, water in the bathtub, just with her phone and her full clothes on. <laughs> so then we get to support plans. Then we get to, we need additional support. We need an OT or a PT or a speech person or a behavior person to come in here because this is um, maybe not typical or I don't, I don't know what to do with it. But when, before we start with the who am I piece, that self-reflection piece I talked about, 18 to 24% of kids are diagnosed with something. By the time... So that's at the start. So then we look at self-reflection. Who is this child? Do we match up well? Relationships, environments, differentiation of instruction and discipline. If we are going to teach skills and meet needs in those six areas, by the time you get to support plans, you go from 18 to 24% to 1 to 2%. Right? What did I say at the very beginning of this? 98% of the time, a challenging behavior is a lack of skill or an unmet need. 98% of the time, what is it? Teach a skill and meet a need in. Who am I? Who is this child? Relationships, environments, differentiation of instruction, and discipline. The 2% is, there's really something going on here and I need some additional support. So I hope that helps with choosing love over fear. And um, thank you so much for having me here. Wow, what a powerful statement. I hope all of us can choose love over fear. Meg, where can we keep learning from you? Where can we find you? And where can you find me? So you can find me on Facebook at Meg Thompson Behavior Consulting. Know that Meg has two G's. That'll I don't know what Meg Thompson Behavior Consulting with one G will get you. But it's Meg Thompson Behavior Consulting on Facebook. I am on Instagram at Meg Thompson Behavior, um, and I have a website, uh, megthompson.com, all of them with two Gs. And my email is meg at megthompson.com. So I think if you just put Meg Thompson in anything, things will come up. And um, I hope to hear from you. I know that, right, this is, all this information can take days and days and days to go over. I know that it was short. Um, so I encourage questions, comments, all sorts of good stuff. And I hope to hear from everybody. Thanks. Yes, Megan, you will hear from us because we loved what you said. I am sure my listeners really loved what you had to say. Also, friends, if you want to keep learning and having brain tips for your classroom and to have a guide to a brain-based learning space and instruction, head over the show notes and you can download it. Okay, talk to you soon. In the meantime, let's celebrate learning.